Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. Today, I'm going to talk about fake designer merchandise that sometimes people know they're buying fakes. Many times, though, they don't, and you get ripped off big time. Later, I want to talk about something that's real and you got to buy right, homeowner's insurance. Big price hikes happening to a lot of people around the country. I want to make sure you know how to play the price hikes and what coverages you got to make sure you're having that you don't cheap out on. So I was in New York City twice recently, and I could not believe like a, I mean, like what would be a, a plague, like a spread of locusts or whatever, <laughs> or kudzu in the South? There were people selling counterfeit designer goods in a way I've never seen. I mean, I've been to New York uh, well more than probably 200 times in my life. And there's always been a market in New York City for fake designer goods. Nothing like now. I remember being on a sidewalk in uh, an area near Canal Street. Canal Street's where the counterfeits have always, by reputation, been sold in Manhattan. There are also other places they're sold in outer boroughs. And I could not get down the sidewalk on this very busy street with a wide sidewalk because there were so many people selling counterfeits on the sidewalk. And they all, same thing they all had uh bed sheets yeah wrap them up real quick a lot of them had fitted sheets so they lay them out on the streets and when the cops come somebody will shout the cops are coming and they grab everything together in the sheets and they run away and try to hide from the police and the police is kind of like a show of force will come and do these raids but i've never seen so many sellers of so many counterfeit goods. And when you walk around, you see all these people carrying these designer thingies. None of them mean anything to me, but you see them with all these designer handbags and backpacks and jackets and everything else. And, I mean, it's devastating for the brand name manufacturers, although since I'm not into brand names, that's not really something that I'm that focused on. But the thing is, 
is that you know when you see somebody selling like that in a major city that you know you're buying counterfeits. You know you're not buying when, when the person has the stuff in a sheet on the sidewalk. You know you're not getting a real uh, Chanel or Gucci. How am I doing? Are these current brands? Yes. Um, Those are expensive brands. I know that. Okay. Yeah, but they they're, they have the yeah, logos. Yeah, the logos. They'll have the styles. And there's, um, what's the one that's... Um, this kind of brownish with kind of gold stuff on it. I think there's a bunch. There's like Coach Burberry. Um, there's there's so there's many. Something else. There's Tory Burch. I'm sure are faked all the time. Yves Saint Laurent. Something. Yves like that. Saint Laurent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank, thanks. YSL. Thanks for you. That's the one you see a lot of. Okay. Is you know as you walk around New York and and you know they're not real and everybody knows the game they're playing. They go down there and they buy a two thousand dollar handbag for thirty dollars. But it's not the real one. But it looks like kind of like the real one as you walk by somebody at three miles an hour. But the bigger problem is happening online, on eBay and Amazon, where people think they're buying real and they're not. And at resale sites, even ones that have vetting, like my wife buys from a used site called The Real Real. Mm-hmm. It's a fast-growing online seller. And she's had, uh, I think she told me, seven cases where she bought things that turned out to be counterfeit. Oh, wow. After they'd been through their um, employees who screen for fakes, Hmm. she seven different times has gotten fakes and then had to send them back, even things that they tell you are all sales final. But if it's counterfeit, they take it back. So this is a... Uh, thing you've got to be aware of because the difference between Canal Street and New York where somebody's paying you know two percent of the price of the real thing or five percent of the price of the real thing when you're buying online and you think you're buying the real thing you may think you're getting a 20 percent discount or something like that from the real but you're not getting real and you're just getting taken and with the Amazon marketplace and with eBay, there's very little recourse you have. And it requires a lot of hoops to jump through with either before you're going to get results. Oh, um, something else I've been meaning to say with how close we are to Christmas. Don't trust anybody's online delivery, including even Amazon. Um, Amazon will have an advantage with delivery by having their own uh, infrastructure for delivery, but they have not been as reliable lately with a lot of late deliveries or just lost-in-space deliveries. If you were doing last-minute shopping for Christmas, I gave this suggestion a month ago. You may not have heard it. With us being this close to Christmas, if you're going to order online, Order from Bricks and Clicks. Bricks and Clicks means you order from a retailers.com where you can pick up curbside and you're not dependent on the delivery cycle not getting the job done. And we're going to have a lot of problems with things getting to people this Christmas season on time. And we'll hear from people with complaints 
after Christmas, hey, what do I do? I paid all this money for this item and didn't get there in time. And the retailer's telling me to get lost. Mm. I want you to avoid that now with these few remaining days till Christmas that when you shop online, that you do that curbside pickup or go to a physical store to pick out an item and buy it. And this is not a season to trust Amazon or anybody else with last-minute delivery. If it's for you and not for somebody you're giving it to, and it's delayed, so what? Yeah, I'm planning on printing out probably a couple of pictures for people of items that are look like they're not going to get there in time. You've already figured just out. Send it later. Yeah, I think it. so. I think so. You know, what are you going to do? Right. Okay. Well, we have some questions here. Sean in Georgia says, "I read your article in regards to having travel insurance, and I have a question. We are purchasing a cruise through Costco Travel." They offer travel insurance on their website, yet you suggest going to a third party to purchase insurance. Is Costco a trusted vendor for travel insurance, or should I go to that third party? Yeah, so Costco, um, the cost of trip insurance through Costco, from what I've been able to see, it's another benefit for Costco members that the insurance is meaningfully cheaper buying it through costcotravel.com than it is buying on the third-party travel insurance sites I normally recommend. Uh, The Costco membership base is an affluent membership base. It's a giant membership base. And the trip insurers have an incentive to offer unusually better prices on Costco travel. What I would do is I would compare the premiums and the coverages that you can get through that link on costcotravel.com versus what you might see with a major issuer on Insure My Trip. You could also even compare the uh, same issuer on a third-party site of their own versus what they sell the policy for on costcotravel.com. This is from Jason in New York. I'm in the last stages of ending a 22-year marriage. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, and I am keeping the house and my kids are staying with me. My ex is looking for me to buy out her equity now and not at the sale of the home. We have about $100,000 in equity, and I need to come up with half of that for her. I'm considering using the refi route. I will be staying in the home likely for another six to eight years, and I only have 10 years left in my mortgage. If I want my monthly housing costs to remain affordable, I need to add another five to 10 years, which I'm not happy about. Am I looking at this properly? I really don't have a lot of debt otherwise. Jason, you are in this case, and your soon-to-be ex is properly entitled, and her uh, divorce lawyer should have advised your ex to get the cash now for her share of the equity. And if home values continue to rise over the years, you'll be thankful that you cashed her out now uh, versus later when the equity could be substantially higher when you'd go to sell. Possibly, we don't know that. So in your case, you have not some great choices. One is if you have a 401k that you're allowed to borrow from, you may find that the 50000 you need for her Uh, might be more efficiently done by borrowing that from your employer 401k. Although I can't believe that's the first thing that came out of my mouth because I hate people borrowing from a 401k. But we're dealing with a narrow set of circumstances here. It would depend on what the interest rate is on that 
And if you feel like you could afford the payments that would be required to pay that back over the period of time the employer 401k may require, which may be typically a five-year window. Uh, the alternative is you do refi into a 15-year mortgage replacing your 10 with a 15 to make the payments affordable, but you'll own ultimately 100% of the equity in the home. And this is one of those things, divorce is not cheap. It is a costly event. And uh, doing if this is the only financial hardship you face is cashing her out and then having a mortgage that goes five years longer, already having a decent amount of equity in your home, you just deal with it and do it. Shop around for that refi, by the way. This is from Vivian in Georgia. I signed up for an extended car warranty last year. Just recently, my check engine light came on. I called several auto mechanics they referred me to, and each one had a different reason while they, why they no longer work with the warranty company. When I called them, they claimed my issues with the sensors and catalytic converter, which is connected to an engine problem they don't cover. I'm not encouraged to keep this warranty. If you can refer me to a better company, please let me know. Okay, a couple of things here. First of all, how would they say without ever looking at the vehicle that whatever it is is not covered? I mean, that's how it works with these hideous third-party warranty sellers. The ones you see advertised on TV, I don't care what famous actor or singer or celebrity is pitching the garbage extended warranties or car warranties. They are all garbage. The only one that's ever okay to buy that I've ever seen is one from the manufacturer of your brand if your vehicle is still eligible for it. On this issue where they claim it's not covered and they just made up a reason, it depending on your state, they may be regulated by the State Department of Insurance. And so you're from Georgia. I have no idea if the warranty company has to have an insurance license in your state, but call your state Department of Insurance and see if they do, in fact, hold a license with them, and you can file a complaint with your state Department of Insurance to try to get that covered. Um, Other than that, the thousands of dollars you pay to these con artists at these warranty companies is really money you're best off having in a repair fund for when something goes wrong with your vehicle rather than buying false peace of mind because this is an area that has been a terrible problem for as long as I can remember that you have these marketing companies that sell these, basically, we pretend we cover you extensions of warranties on cars and you're just left burnt with a bill and feeling betrayed. So that's why you're your own best automobile maintenance fund with a policy. I saw you're looking at the state of Georgia. Were you able to find out if the warranty companies have to file with them? I'm I'm just reading through it right now. So it's a lot of mice type. <laughs> it's a so lot of mice type. I mean all all they need to do is if yeah. If Vivian calls the insurance department in Georgia, she can talk with someone in their consumer complaints yes. and find out if they regulate. Absolutely. But um, 
Be entertained by the entertainers that are in these commercials. Don't buy the crummy product they're trying to peddle. Now, straight ahead, we're talking about a different kind of insurance, a legitimate one, homeowner's insurance. But there's some stuff you got to know about your homeowner's insurance policy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The cost of homeowners insurance in the country has been going up a lot. Um, really about two to three times the general rate of inflation over a number of years. And in states that have been hit with a lot of natural disasters, think of coastal states, especially Florida, and places in the West that have been subject to a lot of wildfires, people are seeing uh, increases that are quite large on homeowners insurance that are true bill shock category. So do you just sit and take it when your homeowners insurance seems to be going out of sight? There's a couple of things going on here. One, a lot of insurers now use artificial intelligence research to decide uh, what's called your likely loyalty, what's known as a loyalty index score. And so a number of homeowners insurers are actually taking advantage of people that are really brand loyal. And so the more brand loyal you are, the more they raise your rates above what a disloyal person might pay for the same insurance. Somebody going to that insurer with a similar house, similar claims history, could be offered a premium much lower than you're paying. Insurance, oddly enough, the industry operates at many companies on the principle that people that are hyper-brand loyal are people that are people you can take advantage of and just charge more. I don't want you to think that way. If you are somebody who said, well, I've been with the same insurer, I, I think about this, every time we hear from somebody with a big homeowner's insurance premium increase, I'll say, I mean, I've been with them forever. Right. Right. That's what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, we got you. You're one of those people who just really likes being a creature of habit or valuing loyalty. And you think that loyalty is rewarded. It's not. It's punished with many homeowners insurance companies. So if you're seeing a big increase, uh, not the kinds like Florida is having because that's its own special thing, but if you're seeing big premium increases generally and you've not had claims in recent times, it's important for you to go shop your homeowner's insurance and see what might be available for you elsewhere. And it doesn't take that long. Just make sure you're buying, you're getting quotes for identical coverages, insurer to insurer. It's always good to check with the companies that rate the highest. Amica Mutual is generally considered to be the best 
insurer in the United States. Uh, USAA used to hold that crown. They've slipped just a little, but still highly rated for military personnel and key family members that are eligible for USAA membership. Those two, uh, through the years, have been considered to be the two best insurers in the United States. Always good if you're eligible to check quotes with either or both of them. Um, In addition, when you check with other insurers, uh, it's good to check to see how they're rated, either by Consumer Reports or by the um, J.D. Power, Mm -hmm. I think, rates the quality of insurers. Maybe the American Customer Satisfaction Index, but I don't know that. But I know Consumer Reports does thorough research on the quality of customer service at homeowners and auto insurers. So another thing, when you're deciding to shop, make sure you are not underinsured. Big problem now, particularly with the run-up in home values and the cost of construction and materials in the United States, that if you have a claim against your house because you had um, storm damage, fire, whatever, partial rebuild or total rebuild, you don't want to find yourself underinsured because if you are underinsured, you're dead. I mean, you're, you're dead in the wallet because insurers typically will only pay you for the coverage you have purchased. And if you've been in your home a number of years, likely you are underinsured. So now I'm getting you to buy more coverage. But at the same time, I want you to raise your deductibles on your homeowner's insurance. Many people have the deductibles way too low. Homeowner's insurance should only be used in the event of a catastrophic event. You don't use it for piddly claims because insurers treat you so badly when you make a claim on homeowner's insurance. Some of them behind your backs follow the philosophy. If you make a claim, you use it, you lose it, and they will can you as an insured. And Krista did find that uh, American Customer Satisfaction Index does rate insurers but does not rate uh, membership base like USAA or mm-hmm. Amica in their survey. Anyway, thank you for checking sure. on that. So you want to raise the deductibles as high as either your mortgage lender allows or as high as you can afford. Avoid making small claims. And make sure you have plenty of coverage that in the event your home has a substantial damage loss or total loss, that you have enough coverage. And that should be done at the same time as you're shopping around where you get the identical quote from each company. Um, One thing I want to mention, a third of Americans rent. Right now, it may be a little more like 37, 38% of Americans rent. And renter's insurance is bought by almost no one unless their landlord requires they have a policy. Big mistake. Think about every time you see on TV when there's been a bad apartment fire and you got 10, 15, 20 families displaced, the reporter's always in their story with, and the Red Cross is making housing arrangements for the displaced residents because none of them had renter's insurance. I mean, so often it will be after a fire, it'll be uh, 10 people's apartments are now unoccupiable. You're zero for 10 who have renter's insurance. If it's 15, you're zero for 15. This stuff is cheap. 
and it protects you in the event that something happens, your stuff is stolen, gets water damage, whatever, that you are protected in the wallet. Expect to pay, depending on the insurer, 10 to $20 a month equivalent. If you buy a six-month premium, one-month premium, one-year premium, you're going to pay a very low amount for having this renter's coverage. Krista? Get to some questions here. Greg in New Jersey says, a collection agency erroneously posted a charge to my credit report. I sent them a letter via certified mail stating not to call me and provide proof of this charge in writing and not to call me again or else I will seek action. They have not contacted me since, but the charge is still showing on my credit report. How do I remove it? Right. So what you do is, if this is an invalid charge, you contact the credit bureau and dispute the charge. That triggers a 30-day period that that item is in dispute. At the same time, you have to contact this collection agency and tell them that you have disputed this item being on your credit report. And if they don't correct the report, that you will sue them. And see, they're so into suing you, but you can sue them in small claims court. And collection agencies hate being sued. They like doing the suing. They hate being sued. And if you let them know that if they don't remove this item, that you're going to file suit against them and don't make it an idle threat, an empty threat. If they ignore you and they don't remove it, you go sue them in small claims court. Very cheap filing fees and... The action you're asking for is having this negative item removed. And when they say, what do you want? And that's what you want. The collection agency will do that instead of having to spend lawyer money to have a lawyer come and defend them in small claims court. Now, is that going to work? Not 100% of the time, but almost always following that procedure will work. From Pete in Nevada, is a prepaid debit card a way of shopping on AliExpress or Alibaba without putting the rest of my accounts at risk? If not, how can I shop there with the most security? So Pete, good question, and there's two issues here. You deal with one of them right away by buying on uh, one of the Chinese sites and using a stored value card where you have just so much money on it And if it gets compromised, that's all you're going to lose. But then what you also lose is the ability, if there's a failure to deliver the merchandise, any ability to dispute that you have with a credit card. Uh, A lot of the items people buy on AliExpress or on Wish are cheap enough that if it doesn't show up, ah, well. But the risk to your money uh, and dealing with the hassle of your credit card is compromised is probably more hassle than the money you would lose on one of the websites. So your idea of a prepaid or stored value card uh, is not a bad idea buying from one of the Chinese selling sites. And this is from Dave in Iowa. My daughter is a college student and is looking at signing a lease with three of her friends for a house in a college town. The owner of the home is asking for parents for all four students to sign as guarantors for the rent. I don't mind signing for my daughter's 25%, but the owner says that it really covers the whole rent. Any advice on how to handle this? I have no desire to be responsible for everyone's portion of the rent, but I'm okay supporting my daughter's portion. So, Dave, got to give you a bad bit of news. 
with college rentals, the landlords uh, pretty much 100% of the time will have in the lease what I think lawyers refer to as joint and several liability, I think is what the legal phrase is, that they will hold you liable not just for your daughter's portion of the rent, but all the rent so that if somebody picks up and moves or they drop out of college and the family's like, oh, well, we're just not going to pay that because, you know, school didn't work out for her. We're out of here. And then the landlord's like collecting three quarters of the rent and they're out the other money and the other tenants feel like, hey, we did our part. We're good. Uh Uh-uh. That's why anytime there's a roommate situation, particularly with college students, they're going to make all four parent groups sign one of these deals that holds everybody responsible. I had the term right. You did, joint and several liability. Well, by the way, I have zero minutes in law school. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so Dave, it is the scoop. And it is a risk. So you've got to have a real sense of the character of the parents of the other three kids as best you can do and the stability of the other kids. You know, your daughter hopefully has a good uh, vibe from the other three and how much they are solid in continuing college because the landlord doesn't want to be left with tenants in there and only a portion of rent. So what I've recommended in this case in the past is that you negotiate as part of the lease if somebody drops out that if your your daughter and the other students can find an acceptable replacement that they can be added to the lease and then you're not stuck picking up the portion for the person who skedaddled. What if also like, you know, damage, like I would say videotape before they move in and after, you know, because a lot of times college kids, you know, have these huge parties and stuff happens and. Usually they're at guys' apartments. You know, you never know. It usually is. And I mean, being a landlord to college students, that's not for the faint of heart. No way. (laughs) Because they can live a little bit of an animal house kind of lifestyle. So I get this. From your perspective as a parent, but I see also how important this is to protect the interests of the landlord. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Clark Howard Show. Don't forget that if you feel so inclined, you still have shopping days left to contribute to our 31st annual Clark's Christmas Kids for children in foster care. You can learn all about the program, why we do it, and the benefits to these children who sadly are not with their families this Christmas season, if you go to ClarksChristmasKids.com. And thank you so much to everyone who's already donated. It's unbelievable. This audience is incredible. So, yes, thank you for your generosity if you've donated in prior 30 years. If you donate this year in our 31st year, I am grateful to you for opening up your heart and your wallet to a foster child who this Christmas doesn't have the joy of being with his or her family. Have a great day.